When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Peter Welcome back to Drive with Peter Vlahos on this Wednesday. Of course, tomorrow night, it's footy selections night. We'll have a uh, good look on how the Fremantle lineup uh, will go against Collingwood at the weekend at the MCG. Amazing that it's a sellout, really. Uh, I think yesterday there was about 4,500 uh, Fremantle supporters that got tickets uh, that were heading across the Nullarbor to the MCG for the big one late Saturday afternoon, our time. Interesting, actually, when i about to introduce my next special guest, he's been involved with Fremantle as a player. And, of course, Richmond bowed out of the finals last weekend. And, of course, he was involved in a couple of stints in various capacities at the Richmond Football Club. And the other reason I've got him on is because he's coaching Claremont in a qualifying final against East Fremantle at the weekend. I'm talking about Ashley Prescott. He joins us on the program now. Ash, thanks for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you, Peter. Thanks for having me. Gee, you've got a pretty good footy pedigree, you know, when you look at your CV. <laughs> I know, I'm getting old, Peter. It's nah, a, nah. It's a bit of a worry. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you're a young man, no, I believe. I've been you. very fortunate. Very fortunate. I've, I've certainly loved my involvement in footy over a long period of time. Of course, you played nearly 100 games for the Richmond Football Club uh, from about the early to the late 90s, and you probably had always a soft spot. And I think you went back there, of course, in a coaching capacity before you came back west. Mm. Your thoughts on Richmond as a footy club, firstly, and secondly, uh, what they've done this season? I mean, they've, they've had a fantastic year, haven't they, Peter? And, um, you know, a real, they created a real, a real dynasty. I think, I think this year they probably finished off where where they'd be expected to. You know, losing the amount of close games that they did, um, you know, it'll be one they'll probably look back and go, yeah, we could have could have finished off a bit better. But I think they're rebuilding a little bit. I think, you know, obviously a couple of their superstars through the midfield are, are getting a little bit older, but they've, they've sort of ushered in some some new, exciting young talent, which I think will hold them in really good stead. So, yeah, it'll probably be a, a, one of those seasons I'll look back on with a little bit of regret, but I think they're probably heading in the right direction. Mm. Are you surprised they've decided to keep Jack Revolt and Trent Conchard for another year, or do you need those sort of experienced players, particularly, as you said, as they try and bring some young talent in? Oh, I think it's really important. And, and you know, I think, you know, as an outsider looking in, those guys certainly played some some pretty good footy. So... You know, as long as they're contributing on the field and, and we know they're obviously legends of the club and, and add a lot to the culture, I, I think it's a it's a good good way to do it. And I think I, I did read that they signed on one year deal. So they're you know, they're obviously have got good dialogue going and understand that those guys are coming to the end. But um, you know, they're obviously very passionate and loyal uh, Richmond people. Of course, you now live uh, and breathe West Australian footy culture as coach of the Claremont mm-hmm. Football Club, but you played with the Fremantle Dockers for around three seasons, you notched up over 30 games. And now being immersed in Western Australia, your thoughts on your other AFL club? Oh, look, they've had a fantastic year and, and you know, they've been building really nicely. And, you know, some of their footy that they've played has been has been super exciting. And, you know, they've got the, the Purple Army behind them. And, 
you know, I think they're coming into a, a fantastic period. Uh, you know, the under-22, I think, um, All-Australian team's a great reflection of that with, with some of their young talent coming through. Um, so I think it's a, it's a really exciting time. And, you know, there's, there's really strong possibility, I think, that they can continue on. You know, they're going to be faced against, you know, a very challenging Collingwood at the MCG. But what, what a fantastic experience, um, you know, not only for the footy club, but a lot of those young, talented players to, to play on the big stage against Collingwood um, at the MCG in a final. So as a player, and you have been involved in these sort of situations where you start poorly and you trail by a significant margin, like 41 points, which was the case for Fremantle, and then you come back and you get over the top of the opposition and you win a game. What does that do for the psyche of the squad before they tackle another big challenge like this week against Collingwood for Fremantle? Yeah, I mean, well, they're going to have there's going to be momentum swings, you know, whether that's Fremantle's way or, or Collingwood's way. But I think to do what they did um, was perfect. So I think they'll they'll gain a lot of belief out of it. I think they'll also you know, closely examine probably what went wrong in that first quarter, um, you know. But for a young side, and I'm sure Justin's message, you know, at um, at quarter time was we need to put that one behind us pretty quick, um, you know, and just sort of grind away, or probably at halftime, I should say, and just grind away. And it probably freed them up to some extent that they knew that if they didn't take more risks and didn't start, you know, working a bit harder and get their hands on the ball, you know, the scoreboard would have gone the other way. So, you know, really, really exciting um, and obviously a, a super performance. And I think they'll take a lot away from that moving forward. Mm. Okay, let's look at the uh, the big one this weekend. The qualifying final on Saturday between East Fremantle and Claremont being played at East Fremantle Oval. Firstly, your thoughts on having the game played at East Fremantle Oval where it really hasn't been used other than a couple of games that have had to be shifted from Leadable Oval because of the Leadable Oval surface. Yeah, I'll look, it's interesting. And I think you, you don't you don't look too much into it. I think the fixture comes out and you, and you just play where it needed to be played. In, in some respects, I think it would have been nice for... For, for football in general, for him to play at the Wacker and, and East Fremantle have obviously played there for the majority of the year. Um, look, but they've they've finished second, so they earn the earn the right to to have a home ground advantage. And I do believe they've been training there all year. So um, yeah, whether it would have been nice, like I say, to, to have probably played at the Wacker, but um, you know, Shark Park's a great venue, and, and hopefully a big crowd turn up and, and they can witness a great game mm. of footy. Of course, in your final home and away game, you played against the West Coast WAFL side. You did enough uh, to win. Was it the perfect preparation going into a, a sudden death game like, well, not sudden death, but a big game like uh, this one yeah. against the Sharks this week? Yeah, I think it was, you know, to play to play a West Coast Eagles side that, that had, I think, 14 um, senior listed players. Um, is a good tune-up. And I think you've you got to be a little bit careful at looking the results of, um, of West Coast. Um, and I spoke to the boys during the week last week about the fact that they had a lot of very, very good good AFL, AFL players that were potentially playing for contracts and um, making sure that they showed Adam Simpson and the, and the match committee that they should be part of the plans going forward. So... And, and we certainly got that from West Coast. They were, they were really hard and ferocious and, um, you know, had, had a really strong midfield. So, yeah, we, I thought we played some really good footy and it was a good lead-in. We probably just missed some opportunities forward of centre, just through some ball-handling skills that, you know, you always want to be... You want to be better. But um, all in all, I think it was a, it was a really good, good hit-out against a quality side that hopefully will hold us in good stead 
well, you must, this weekend against the well, Sharks. You must feel confident going into the finals because you've beaten all the other finalists, including the minor premiers West Perth twice. So there's no question your best is very much good enough. Yeah, I think so, Peter. Yeah, and um, you know, I think we've just had some little little slip ups here and there, just where we've maybe dropped off a little bit of an intensity levels during games. So I think that's the challenge for us to make sure we you know maintain that consistency. You know, continue to play sort of our style of football. You know, off the back of respecting the opposition, but but the, the group has demonstrated that our best is good enough, and it's a very even competition. So you know, we're in there swinging. Um, you know, and our first challenge is against East Fremantle, and they touched us up a couple of weeks ago. So, um, you know, hopefully we can learn some lessons out of that that can um, hold us in good stead. Jai Bolton's an interesting one. I spoke to him actually pre-season where he confessed that he'd be playing a bit in defence uh, to try and give mm. other midfield opportunities to, to younger players. But, of course, he was in the middle in that game last week. How will you use him on Saturday against the Sharks? Well, the beauty of Jai is, is we've got that, that flexibility is because he's, he's shown that he can play in a, in a variety of positions. So, yeah, we're probably predominantly looking looking to play a little bit more across half-back, um, potentially. We just feel that probably his ball use and his um, his drive across that half-back line could, could help create some opportunities. But, but he's also, at times, um, gone through the midfield, as we know, and, and drifted forward. So... I think the versatility that he provides the team, um, you know, along with Benny Edwards and Bailey Rogers, who have done similar this year, can help us. So, yeah, we'll probably just wait and see. But, um, you know, it's great that, that we know he can provide that flexibility. And more importantly, he really wants to do that to try and be the best um, best version of himself for our, for our 22 that run out. I know he took over the uh, captaincy and leadership responsibilities last week uh, in the absence of Declan Mountford, who had some delayed concussion. Is Mountford okay for Saturday? Yeah, he will be. He um, he ticked all the boxes and, and it was just one of those ones that, um, you know, there's some, some fantastic support and help for players that are, that are in those situations with, with slight concussions. So he's ticked all the boxes and, um, yeah, he's feeling great, um, most importantly, and, and ready to go. Mm. Saying that, uh, what has been the preparation leading into a qualifying final? As we know... From the qualifying final, it's straight into a second semi and the shortest way possible to a grandie. What have you learned from last year and what are you putting in place this year? Because you are perennial finalists, are the Tigers? Yeah, well, we have been and it's it's probably about about trying to find out how we're going to go from being finalists to, to winning a flag. So, you know, and that process started back in the pre-season, Peter, with... Um, you know, with getting the right leaders in place and, and creating our, our, our values and standards and, and sort of expectations that we want to we want to drive and live by. Um, and the boys have been been really good. Our reserves are also, I think, finished second or third. So so we've got both sides in um, in the finals. And you know, hopefully, all that hard work and, and preparation we've done done thus far holds us in good stead because, yeah, we've certainly got unfinished business and um, and some guys have been on the, the back end of some disappointing results late in September. So hopefully that drive and resolve can um, can give us every chance. Just a couple of final questions. Uh, your defence, for the most part, certainly in recent weeks, has been quite miserly. You only conceded six goals last week. That must be pleasing as well. Yeah, it is. We, we, we want to be a team that... that um, but defence first and, and creates opportunities off the back of, of defence. So, yeah, we, we feel our 18-man defence is, is pretty sound and, and it's going to need to be against East Fremantle because they're offensively, along with West Perth, um, unbelievably dangerous teams that, that, that play straight and attack through the corridor. So, 
you know, we, we do a lot of work on our on our team defence, um, you know, and that starts at full forward. It's it's, it's everyone's involved. And, yeah, we're going to have to be at our best um, this week against um, East Romano. And sure. finally, looking at your forward line, of course, the goal kickers have been spread, haven't they, really, from the likes of Butler and Manuel and Smallwood and House, and they've all contributed, Rogers. Uh, so how do you handle a forward line where there's not one clear spearhead that maybe can kick, kick you a match-winning tally on the day? Yeah, oh, it's, a, it's actually it's a really good observation, Peter. It, it is probably a little bit of a missing link just at the moment. Um, and we've certainly got personnel there that we know can, can contribute. And, and hopefully we can just continue to spread the load um, amongst those guys because we're probably just missing that guy that, that, that's kicked big bags. Um, but that doesn't really matter. I think it's about it's about contribution and having an even spread of, of guys that not only hit the scoreboard, but defend really hard and, and try and hold that ball in the forward line. Um, yeah, so hopefully we can just continue to do that um, during this final series. Good luck. It should be a beauty. East Romandle and Claremont, uh, two big brands in WAFL footy. We wish you the best of luck, Ashley. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Ashley Prescott joining us here on Drive with Peter Vlahos as we look ahead to the WAFL finals, the first week. And it is on Saturday, the qualifying final up there at East Romandle Oval gets underway at 1.40, the match between East Romandle and Claremont. And then on Sunday, we've got the elimination final between Peel Thunder, who secured their passage with that dominant win over Swan Districts last Sunday down there in Mandra. Pure Thunder taking on South Fremantle, and that gets underway at 10 minutes past 12 on Sunday. The elimination final, uh, no football for the loser of that one for the remainder of 2022. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment. After the break, we're going to have a look at see what are the major events that are happening at all the venues West arenas, including what's coming here to Optus Stadium. Peter Bocop, the Chief Operating Officer of Venues West, will join us as he normally does once a month here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre.